The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, the countdown begins. Uh, horses have had their final major preps and uh, are getting ready to ship off to Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup. And uh, there's some great lineups, as there always are. Of course, uh, it will be excellent betting opportunities because the whole world will be watching and because of that you want to go and pull down our easy win forms at winning ponies and here's something that happened earlier today at laurel in the fourth race we hit a one dollar super key for five thousand one hundred twenty six dollars now, that will give you some play money for the Breeders' Cup. But nonetheless, it's uh, relatively uh, uh, in- inexpensive, and the information is very expansive. And I'll have to check with the powers to be, but I'm guessing we're probably going to have another contest on the Breeders' Cup Classic. So uh, get tied on. Uh, okay, our first guest is a New York bred. And... If you pull down the past performances for Belmont this week, it's full of New York breads and a slew of New York steaks. Now, we had to cut it down to just uh, three of them because I want to converse with Tom about a new project he has going with uh, Joe Clancy. So, uh, if you get out your pens and papers, ladies and gentlemen, the three races we'll be looking at is the $175,000 Empire Classic. That's three and up at a mile and an eighth. Then we're going to go with the two-year-olds. And the boys will be racing in the Sleepy Hollow, $150,000. Going to, to stretch out most of these horses to a mile. So it'll be very interesting. But I'll tell you what, there's some talent in there. And no reason to think that they can't get the distance we'll uh, ask tom about that and our first race that will be handicapping uh again one mile for two-year-olds uh this is the ladies edition and same situation horses that have flashed uh you know talent in their first race or caught an interesting track situation with either a turf course or taking off the turf and they ran on a sloppy track i'm not sure what the weather report is up there but uh anyhow it's going to make for a really interesting conversation with, with tom law um talking about uh, all these uh, new york bread babies i mean there was a day when people looked down their nose at new york breads well since then we've had tis the law and funny side and uh, some uh, some excellent horses and you now you start to see them and uh, i know there's one we're going to look at that's by medaglia dioro uh, one of the top stallions uh, in, in the world so uh, that's going to be uh, the scene from the big apple and then we're going to talk to a gentleman by the name of destin heath um, i was lucky enough to know destin as they say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago, but we met about 10 years ago uh, when he was working for none other than Tommy Drury 
at River Downs, and he was his assistant trainer and his uh, exercise rider, and uh, just a really pleasant person to be around. Uh, since then, uh, he's been married. I believe he has a one-year-old son. We'll double check with that when we get Destin on. But wow, the training regimen at Windstar Farm that he heads up is unbelievable. And I'm going to tell you, go to the Blood Horses website. And Eberhardt did an outstanding pictorial. And it starts at 4.05 in the morning when he is driving into the training center at uh, Windstar. And it takes you through the whole day. And, man, this guy works his butt off. So we're going to talk to Destin Heath and his entrance into the horses and the racing game. And, uh, you know, he he worked with some uh, pretty sharp guys, uh, a guy by the name of D. Wayne Lucas, who's in the Hall of Fame, and a guy by the name of Tommy Drury that uh, hopefully will win his first Breeders' Cup race with his first Breeders' Cup start starter, Art Collector. All right, that's an overview of the stars of the show. And so moving on, uh, Tommy decided to go to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. <clears throat> he was weighing that and the Classic. But he just says that, uh, first of all, most of the Bears are in the Classic. But second of all, one mile in his speed uh, could work really well for this son of Bernardini. Um, as you know, he uh, won his first four races this season, one of which was the prestigious Bluegrass Stakes, before he got his first taste of defeat as a three-year-old when he was fourth in the Preakness Stakes and uh, just uh, couldn't keep pace with the uh, Swiss Skydiver, who he beat in the Bluegrass Stakes. <clears throat> but... Uh, as you may recall, he was going to start in the Kentucky Derby, but he had a small scratch on uh, the bulb behind his uh, front leg uh, near the hoof, and they, you know, erred on the side of the best interest of the horse. So it's a it's a million dollars on the line. It's going to draw a large crowd. You got Complexity, Mister Freeze, Pirates Punch, uh, Rushi, and how about this good-looking horse, War of Will. Uh, unless he goes in the Pegasus, this could be his swan song. So, you know, what, what, what Tommy said, he says, hey, you're trying to use good judgment. Put your horse in the best spot. <laughs> I don't know that it's rocket science, but I felt like the dirt miles not quite as deep as the classic. And he likes the track over there, Keeneland. And uh, so it, it looks like uh, he, he'll be spotted very well in the one mile. And of course, uh, Brian Hernandez, we had on the show a few weeks ago, will be back in the saddle. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's been on the big stage now with uh, races uh, like uh, the Bluegrass and the Preakness. And it's back to Keeneland and hopefully another win for our friend Tommy Drury. Now, as I stated at the top of the show, we're getting wound up for some of these horses. And Tis the Law recorded his last New York breed, Breeze, before the Breeders' Cup. Uh, he went six furlongs in one twelve and one, uh, and that was about uh, six days ago at Belmont. And uh, <clears throat> he uh, will be shipping to Keeneland Sunday, uh, but uh, earlier back uh, at, at Belmont, he was the work was at six thirty a.m. <laughs> Not my six thirty, and. Uh, he uh, he worked with the three-time winning Philly, Nico's Dream, and 
basically uh, under Heather Smullen. He uh, went in company with her for a while and then just drew away as he pleased. And uh, he galloped out seven furlongs in uh, 125 and two and a mile in 140. So he is fit and ready to go. And they're saying, and, you, you know, don't forget, these are people that have passed on some big races in the past uh, just to get a horse ready for a certain start. That uh, Barkley tag, uh, it feels really good about the way he did it. So uh, he will have one more final serious prep uh, when he's at Keeneland. Um, so, uh, his, his morning work is not done now. Also morning work, a Swiss skydiver and authentic, uh, they went back to working. Um, so the Preakness winner, uh, she worked in Kentucky and the Derby winner worked in California and Robbie Alvarado back in the saddle, even for the work said, uh, uh, she was really tough in the morning, she pulled in a good way. Pretty cool, not excited. She's she's thrilled, but uh, you know she's a thrilling horse right now with everything that she's done, and uh, went four furlongs and forty nine at Churchill Downs, and uh, so the Daredevil filly is headed in the right direction. Of course, she will be on stage at Keeneland, um, and again, she's uh, you know what what, what, what can I say? Uh, She's going to take on the big boys again, including the Kentucky Derby winner, Authentic. He made a five furlong move in under a minute, 59 and four at Santa Anita. It was the 11th fastest of 62, <clears throat> son of Into Mischief. And uh, all I could say is uh, it's been such a... A crazy year with the way the schedule changed or anything, but Authentic was Authentic in the first Saturday in September. And so nonetheless, he was a uh, Kentucky Derby winner. And uh, Baffert also sent out uh, grade one winner Improbable. He did six furlongs and one twelve and two, the fastest of four at the distance. So uh, he'll be going in the Breeders' Cup Classic too. Now here's another one that's going to the Breeders' Cup Classic for Baffert. Maximum security, and according to Bob, he says Champion Colt looks as good as ever after the awesome again, and also a speedy Philly Gamine also works. So, uh, anyhow, he, you know he, you know, did lose the awesome again stakes, but he feels very good about him with this nice fifty nine and four a breeze, uh, and actually Baffert said. That was probably the best work he's had since I've had him, and uh, so they they worked in the fog, so it was really hard to see in the in the workout replays. But he was really really sharp and and, and did it all on his own, and uh, so he'll have maximum security and probable uh, and authentic all going in the classic. Who knows? It could be a Baffert box. It wouldn't be the first time. Now, as far as the, the three-year-old filly, Gamine, she went in a minute flat for five furlongs, and uh, it looks like she's being pointed to the seven furlong Breeders' Cup filly and mare sprint. She can sprint, so uh, coming off a third-place finish in the Longines, Kentucky Oaks. So she's had a, a little bit of a, a race, uh, I mean a break between races, but don't forget that race now was run in September, not May. So uh, Churchill Downs is going to go back to action 
uh, starting on Sunday. Okay, um, it's uh, it's a twenty four day meet. Uh, covers five weeks every Wednesday through Sunday. Obviously, with the exception of the two Breeders' Cup days, Friday, November sixth, and Saturday, November seventh. And uh, what's really cool is the fall meet. You, you got to check this out if you like to look at pedigrees and stuff and you know, stars of the future. The stars of tomorrow, a card entirely devoted uh, to, to two-year-olds. Well, um, I could go through all the stud farms. I know I'm running short, Josh tells me, but it's just amazing. I mean, uh, Darley lowered uh, the majority of their stud fees. Uh, I know that... Uh, uh, in, in addition to them, if this thing will scroll down for me, um, Windstar came off some of their stud fees, and tis, they also retired uh, Tisnow. All right, got to buzz through the races we did last week at Santa Anita. The one, all right, um, the one mile turf went to Warren Showtime and excellent excellent performance there great ride by flavia and pratt the lexus raven run uh went to venetian harbor wire to wire but was challenged all the way through the final furlong and then in the pinna oak valley it was one of the outside horses it was stunning sky that got the job done all right that's a look at last week's action national news when we come back we're going to be laying down the law with our friend tom law Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And we 
with one of my favorite guests. He's a New York bred. We're going to be looking at the New York breds, talking to us, I guess, from beautiful Saratoga, New York. I could read all of his accomplishments, but we've only got about 45 minutes left in the show. Tom Law, welcome back. Hi, John. Uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always try to get you around the big races, but when I saw those races in New York, I said, you know, let me get somebody that watches the races in New York on a regular basis, and that would be none other than Tom Law. But we'll, we'll get we'll get to the, the the New York program in a little bit. But yeah. uh, I I know that you and, and the Clancy brothers uh, work together. Uh, you know, with the ST Publishing and the Saratoga Special. Last time I talked to you was how strange your job had turned out this summer with beautiful Saratoga there yeah, and no people or action to go along with it. They actually uh, canceled uh, your your gigs with the Clancy Brothers at Ciro's this year because of lack of uh, people that could attend, so I'm sorry to hear about that. Uh, but anyhow, I know that you're, you're working with Joe Clancy now uh, kind of you know, one of his specialties is the, the National Steeplechase Association, and, and are, you guys are kind of help move that forward a little bit and and get it a little more in front of people. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, that's right. So we've uh, we we started um, some. Well, the steeplechase season, of course, has been very abbreviated this year. Uh, they pretty much lost all their meets uh, in the spring and summer. Uh, we did have steeplechase racing in the summer, but. The, the springtime was limited to just two meets uh, down in Virginia and then some racing at Colonial Downs. But uh, they've come back with a, a, a little bit of a fall schedule uh, at various uh, venues down in Virginia, Pennsylvania, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, um, and, and places like that. And uh, we started working with the National Steeplechase Association on some live stream uh, broadcasts. So, uh, I'm actually doing one on Saturday. It's the races from uh, Great Meadow uh, Race Course, which is in Virginia. It's the uh, International Gold Cup card, um, and you can you can live stream because no fans at the races, just like a lot of venues. So no fans, but uh, oh. you can watch the uh, watch the races. There's there's ten steeplechase races on Saturday, and uh, the host is a, a woman named Megan Connolly, and she does a great job. And uh, Joe and I kind of have been alternating in kind of the analyst role. Um, so we're on from basically the, the first race is at noon, and uh, we go right up till the, the last race. I think we're just scheduled for about 4.30. Um, you go to nationalsteeplechase.com, uh, and you can find the link to it. And uh, we got some great sponsors for it. And uh, it's, uh, it's been fun. I've done, I've done one so far. Uh, I think it went pretty well. I have newfound respect for people that do television, uh, live television, uh, because you certainly got to think on your feet real quick. Uh, yeah, there's a and, guy and we were on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what you got to get used to is you, you, you got a thought going, you got going all of a sudden you got the guy whispering here. Don't forget to mention Joey slew. Uh, you know, That's and right. I, That's right. It, it, you just kind of take, take a gulp as a, Okay, Chewy Slew. Oh, here's George Chewy. We'll talk about him yeah. and his connections to some famous owner, whatever. But yeah, uh, lives a challenge. But you know what? After a while, you, you do get comfortable with it. Uh, yeah. I just can't. I I, I really want to see this because steeple chasing to me in the autumn 
uh, it seems like the perfect setting for that sport. Uh, the, you know, the, I know the color and the pageantry and everything, and it's a shame that there won't be people in attendance because let me tell you, folks, steeplechase meets can be a blast. Now, let me take you back in time. I don't know if you were ever there. You were probably too young. But uh, they were the, the races at Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And mm. if anybody ever wondered, what is a Downs? This was a perfect – you came in through these woods, you drove in, and all of a sudden it, it opened up. And there, you know, oh, I don't know how many – how it was deep. It was a valley was the steeplechase course set up. And I was like – it was an old girlfriend, and her uh, – I believe it was her uncle was really well-connected. And in that, now I'm in college, okay? And so he gives us passes to get us into the infield and up around the end. And he also, the people, you walk around. Now, okay, people have seen tailgating at football games. Tailgating at steeplechase races? I mean, we're talking about shrimp cocktail, uh, champagne. I mean, he introduced me to rye. I had never drank rye before, and oh, I've, been, nice. I've been drinking it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, people, the, the tailgating scene is just unbelievable. And, of course, at a lot of the meets, um, you know, they that's where they derive a lot of their revenue from, was from selling, you know, tailgate spots and, and sponsorship packages, and they have these big tents. And, you know, it's, it's a great scene. Um, and, unfortunately, they don't, they don't have any of that revenue right now. So, you know, the purses yeah. have been reduced, but, uh, you know, the NSA has, has done a good job sort of putting together a little bit of a fall schedule. So they actually are having some races, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very strange to, to watch the races. You know, Megan uh, does the show from Florida. Uh, I do it from here in Saratoga and we're doing races in Virginia. I guess it's kind of a, a sign of 2020 and, and basically there's no fans, uh, but people are watching on the live stream. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole different world. And, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fun and you know, it's, it's good to the steeplechase community to kind of hold themselves together. Uh, during a very trying time, for sure. Yeah, and I think the steeplechase community. Let's face it, Tom. I know purses are reduced. They'd hold these races if you, if you were racing for a ham and cheese sandwich, because yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's you know, a lot of pride just, in it. Yeah. They love mm-hmm. the game, and a lot of these things, like the Clancy's, are generational. You know, they grew up around Absolutely. it. They watch their father race or become a jockey themselves, and uh, the horses usually carry more weight. So you'll, you'll, you'll get to see jockeys you'd never be exposed to because, you know, they're pushing 130, but which mm-hmm. I think is healthier. But eh, but anyhow, it's a, it's an exciting sport. But you guys aren't only doing that. I mean, you're staying busy um, that you're also now uh, – you two guys are, are producing content for the New York Thoroughbred Breeders, which made it just perfect to have you on tonight. Yeah, I mean, your timing was was great, you know, when we spoke uh, kind of off the air about this. Yeah, uh, earlier this summer, we were approached by uh, the New York Thoroughbred Breeders Incorporated, which are based here, actually, in Saratoga, along with me. And uh, we've done some work for them over the last several years. We helped them produce their awards dinner program every year. Um, you know, and it just a, a lot of that just made sense. It's, it's, these are horses we're writing about, both in the Saratoga Special and um, this is horseracing.com. And, you know, I, I, I had an existing relationship with uh, Jeff Canizzo, who is the executive director of the NYTB, from years ago from my days at Thurber Times. And he and I have been, you know, stayed close and just kind of stayed in communication. And, you know, he had a need this summer where he needed to have some, made some changes within his organization and needed to have some content produced for his website, which is nytbreeders.org. 
Um, you know, he's kind of the marketing slash, you know, informational branch of the New York thoroughbred industry. So, um, you know, it, it was a great opportunity for us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we have some, we have some, we had some challenges during Saratoga, obviously, because we had very limited staff and, you know, there weren't a ton of breeders and owners that were on hand to cover the races, but, uh, I think we did a pretty good job producing some content and we've been, we've been, uh, going strong now for, I guess, the start in July. Um, and we got some good plans for this weekend. It's kind of a big, huge weekend for our company, actually, with the uh, the International Gold Cup steeplechase races, the Maryland Million down in Maryland. Uh, we do Mid-Atlantic Thoroughbred, so we're busy with that. And we have the Empire Showcase at Belmont Park. Um, so it's, uh, you know... <laughs> We're uh, we're still going, you know. We're we're diversifying what we do. You know, we we closed the book on the Saratoga Special uh, back in September, and now we're we're moving on with different projects throughout the fall. People ask me all the time, like, "What do you do? What do you guys do the rest of the year when you're not doing Saratoga?" Well, this is a prime example of kind of what we do. Um, a little bit of everything. We're we're going to be covering races in Maryland, Virginia, and New York uh, this weekend. So it's just uh, just another crazy weekend in the ST publishing world there you go you know it's it's, this week there's been a lot of talk about a a new york stallion it used to be in the day new New york breads as you i'm going back a long time now that people kind of look down their nose at them a little bit you know then then Mm -hmm. we had funny Mm -hmm. side with win the derby and now what what looked like he was going to be the next i'm going to say freud who's been kind of the northern dancer of the new york program i believe uh uh, that that uh, Leoban, I'm probably mispronouncing that, <clears throat> is being swept away by Windstar Farms. So now Kentucky's farms are coming to steal New York stallions instead of the other way around. Yeah, I mean he just is off to a, an amazing start at stud, and uh, you know, of course, sired simply ravishing, who was a really uh, impressive winner on opening weekend at Keeneland uh, in the um, the Grade One Alcibiades, and he's got another horse running in the. Um, uh, Breeders' Cup uh, uh, juvenile named Keep Me in Mind. He's a horse that ran second in the Breeders' Fraternity at Keeneland. So you know, kind of, and, he, and he's been he's been siring winners. He's a nice, you know, a beautiful horse, and he's by Uncle Mo, and he's you know he's he's getting off to a good start. His horses were well well received uh, as yearlings last year and this year, and the two year olds really kind of impressed a lot of people. So after he got off to the kind of the start that he got, it almost looked like well, it's just kind of a matter of time before. We're going to see a, maybe a press release that says uh, Lauban's going to uh, relocate from New York down to one of those big farms in Kentucky. So, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to, to see him go, but, uh, you know, he'll certainly get every opportunity down there. I mean, he stood for 5000 this year um, down at Sequel Stallions, which did an amazing job with him. And uh, the Southern Equine guys and Eric Neo, these guys did, did a really good job launching his career. And now he's going to go to Windstar. He's going to stand for 25000 So we're talking about a lot of uh, farms. I heard you mention a lot of farms are reducing their fees. Obviously, he's a horse that's going to stand for an increased fee this year. But, uh, you know, he, he backs up the increase for sure. He's doing he's off to just an amazing start. Well, uh, let's uh, move on to some of the action. Um, uh, We'll start with the Maid of the Mist. I'm just going to give you a thumbnail sketch of the horses that came to the top for me, particularly because of trainer angles. And that would be a party at pages. The question here is distance. But 
uh, Jeremiah Englehart with two-year-olds is batting 21%. Then I frost me caught my eyes. Uh, the horse tried to race on the turf but couldn't. Caught a sloppy track for John Kimmel, but certainly impressed. According to the running line, was in hand starting at the three-eighths pole. And that is the son of Frosted that uh, I uh, believe uh, is uh, – is he still in New York, Tom? Uh, Frost is in at, uh, Darley in, uh, Kentucky. Okay. And then, uh, 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 the Leoban, Leoban on a prayer. This horse has been racing at Delaware. So this will be the first chance for her to, uh, match strides with the New York breads. And when, uh, Danny Velasquez puts blinkers on horses, he wins 23, no, 27, let me give my facts here. Twenty three percent of the time, first time blinkers, and yeah. uh, and and plus the horse has already run second at a mile. So I don't want to take up too much time jabbering about the horses I like. But who comes to the top for you in the Maid of the Mist? Well, I, I do think uh, you know a lot of times you, a good handicapping tool is to go back and watch race replays. Um, and I think a horse number four, Chasing Kara, is a horse that you can go watch the replay. Um, the, the the comment line from the Joseph A. Jimma, which uh, was a good race, no more spending, is a very nice horse. And Irish Constitution, also very, very good. We're well ahead of her, and they're obviously not running in here. It says toss her head and lunge at the start. If you watch the replay of that race, I mean, she literally jumps in the air, comes flying out of the gate like like she's running a steeplechase race uh, and, and does very, very well to finish third at a big price. I mean, she's a maiden, um, but she's run well in all of her starts. Uh, Mitch Friedman's done a pretty good job with her. He's got another horse, Kara's Dreamer, in here who ran second to Frostmeet. He was pretty good. Chasing Kara, take a look at her. I think Party at Pages, she overcame a lot of trouble last time in the Finger Lakes race. Uh, Jeremiah was very happy with that race. Um, you know, she was odds on in there. Uh, they, they've liked her all along. They got her for $10,000. They got a really good deal on her. He's been very, very high on her. Now she's coming back on 19 days. So that's, uh, that's a bit of a question mark, but, uh, I, I picked her party of pages. I like chasing car as well. All right, time to give you a heads up. I got three minutes to post and we've got two races to go. Uh, we'll again go to another two-year-old race. This one for the boys, uh, the Sleepy Hollow in the third. Um, horses that uh, came to light for me were Breadman. That was a pretty impressive performance. Uh, the, the, the horse in its first start, now it is going from turf to dirt, but um, was, was yeah. able to rate uh, and then come out with Johnny V. Johnny V's back up on Breadman. And again, uh, I also uh, took, there's a lot of good horses to look at here. But I know I you're, hold. yeah, I know you're short on time. You can stop with Breadman. Breadman is the one. <laughs> he was the best horse in that basic tips in New York bread sale last year. He's the horse that they've been high on. They had him up at Saratoga. He impressed a lot of people. He's a, he's a dirt horse or a turf horse. He's by constitution who's getting it done on both surfaces. So Breadman, maybe hold the salsa, might, might get a little piece in there as well. He likes Belmont. That's the other horse I was about to mention. So here, a, a very uh, tough race. I, 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 co I come down to, to an exacta, and that would be uh, Mr. Buff. And the, re the reason is this this is another horse that's back with New York breads. I mean, this horse competed in, in the Whitney and the Suburban. You go back to his last uh, state bred at a mile, only missed by a mile and a quarter to the other horse I like, and that would be Funny Guy. And this horse is able to race 
in in a race that has some horses with some speed. Yeah, th- those are the two I think logical contenders. I think Funny Guy is probably the horse to beat coming off you know graded stakes efforts. The Forgo was like in a monsoon. He ran huge in there. Uh, you know he was up fairly close the whole way. Came back with a good run in the in the Vosburg behind Friends Fire, who loves Belmont. Um, you know, Mister Buff's cool horse. I mean, loves Belmont. You know, bred by longtime leading breeders, Chester, Mary Broman up there. They've done a, you know, John Kimmel's done an amazing job with him. He's got 14 wins. I mean, he won the race last year. I think maybe for a little bit of a piece, maybe Seafoam might be yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, he's he's running this race several times. He's a good New York bred. Christoph Clement's had him, you know, going. He's got a nice freshening since, hasn't run since about middle of August. Um, he's a good horse. So like you, I heard you mention the Medallia Doros earlier, um, you know, bred by Waterville Lake Stables. They've done a great job with him as well. So Seafoam, uh, Seafoam, funny guy. I think funny guy is probably the winner. All right, Tom, uh, for people like me that didn't have their pen when you gave out yep. the, the opportunity to, to follow you and the national steeplechase yeah. associations races uh so i can write it down would you uh, sure. give us the streaming connection again yeah so you can go to the national steeplechase.com that's the nsa the national steeplechase association's website national steeplechase.com they got a huge banner right on the top of the thing they have a a link to the to the uh to the live stream for saturday and it's uh tune in a little bit before noon and you'll see the horses in the paddock and uh You'll see me jabbering on and on about uh, jump racing. I love it. I love it. Well, it's always good to get an education in all breeds. Uh, uh, my friend Pete Aiello taught me a lot about the quarter horses, and uh, you and the Clancy brothers could probably take my hand in steeplechasing. I, I just always found it exciting, and as a guy that went to Saratoga on a regular basis, it was usually like the first race of the day was right. the steeplechase race and it was always right. exciting um god the names escape me of course jo- jonathan shepherd was one that you always kept and there was another guy that just dominated the scene back in like the 70s and 80s and his, his name eludes me now but once again i go on and babble all right tom law <laughs> we will be tuning in to the national steeplechase.com on Saturday as we sit down for brunch and and we'll enjoy watching you and see if uh, if your producer is making you stumble as you try to get through it all live. <laughs> yeah, and flip, uh, flip back and forth between the uh, Empire Showcase at Belmont, the Maryland Million at Laurel, and the, the International Gold Cup at Great Meadow. A lot of, uh, lot of action, not, not to mention the- everything else that's going on. That's that. That's my first duty every Saturday: is a cup of coffee, a turn on the uh, computer, and make my list of things to do. And none of them involve raking leaves or mowing a lawn. <laughs> no, that stuff's terrible. Don't do that stuff. Wait till wait till the absolute worst days, or there's absolutely nothing left to do and do that stuff. That's my motto for sure. <laughs> well, that yeah, it's great because then I have an excuse. I say, oh, honey, I was going to do that today, but it's raining. But uh, that's right. <laughs> anyhow, Tom, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I wish you nothing but the best. And hey, stay in touch, my friend. Likewise, have a good uh, good rest of the fall, John. Talk to you soon.
All right. That was time I miss seeing him at the Keeneland meets. I can tell you that. Uh, but a guy that I saw in his early days that has a background I wasn't even aware of, and that's Destin. He, he is now the trainer for Windstar Farm. I don't, he, I don't know if it gets any higher than that, so we're cutting out. Thank you, John. Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, another guest that I can say I knew him back in the day, and he's gone on to be an outstanding success uh, uh, with his career uh, uh, growing through. Uh, He spent his youth riding and showing horses in English and Western. Uh, Then he started, uh, you know, galloping, breaking babies. And then he worked for some guy by the name of D. Wayne Lucas in 2008. And uh, then, well, four years after that, he took a little bit of drop of class and he started working for Tommy Drury. (laughs) 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 But anyhow, Tommy's working his way back up. I want to read you something, Destin, before we get into our conversation. I let Tommy know you were going to be on the show tonight. And he wrote me back and he said, I knew the first day he walked in the barn, I wouldn't be able to keep him long. And he was going on to bigger things. One of the most naturally talented horsemen I've ever had work for me. That's pretty high praise from Tom Drury. 
from a man that doesn't really say a lot, but that is some high praise. And, and I, I, uh, I hate to admit this, but I, I will on, on live radio. When I, before I went to work for Tommy, I knew a little bit about him and I, and I knew his background. I knew his horsemanship and I went to work for him thinking, you know, this guy's going to go far. Um, you know, I wanted to be, the the man beside him, I want to be the man that, you know, helps him go to the next level. And, you know, albeit, you know, we, we had our stint together and it was really good. It was really great for a few years. And uh, I'm just, you know, happy for him to see, you know, success without me, without, you know, on his own. It's been amazing to see him grow and, you know, without him, I don't think it would have been able to be do what I've done. Well, um, it, it, you always find out about people after they're gone, not gone, gone, but they've moved on. And uh, you, I realized you were native of Norman, Oklahoma, and that you worked for another guy from there, an old basketball coach by the name of D. Wayne Lucas. Did the Norman, Oklahoma uh, contact help you a little bit with getting on with D. Wayne? Well, it, it's a funny story about how I got along with, with D. Wayne. Um, I was working on a farm named uh, Belmare Farm for D. and Betty Raper, D. who just passed away last month. Uh, but I was working on the weekends, going to high school, you know, basically all day long and, and trying to ride my own horses during the day. And they set me up with, with a guy named Roger Daly to do sales. Um, I, I worked a, the yearling sale for him a couple of times. Then I worked a couple of winter sales for him. And it came out to where I was working the, the January Heritage Place sale for Roger Daly. Well, Roger was in charge of the dispersal for D. Wayne Lucas and Laura Pinelli. Well, obviously, Wayne was in Santa Anita at the time and wasn't able to attend the sale, but his wife Laura Pinelli was. Um, I was a young, you know, 16-year-old kid at the time and was at the sales grounds at 4 o'clock in the morning and didn't leave till 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. A couple of days into the sale, she was kind of, you know, became friends with me and was asking me what I wanted to do. And I said, hey, galloping a few horses when I can and, and would like to go to the track and do a little bit more. And I was working at the track in the springtime. Obviously, don't go home. There's no real winter racing. And I was galloping some horses and trying to make a name for myself. And she said, hey, uh, you know, would would you like to work a summer, just one summer for D. Wayne Lucas? And I said, absolutely. And we, you know, became friends through the sale. And said, I number and, Wayne set me up and said, you know, be at my barn, you know, the day after you graduate high school or get out of high school. And I was there the very next day ready to work. And the rest is history after that. I was, you know, I, I did that working for Wayne. And then I did one winter at Oklahoma State University and transferred to the University of Louisville. So I worked for him full time. 
Yeah, well, I see that uh, uh, Wayne was the only teacher you had. You graduated from the University of Louisville with a, or, or excuse me, Louisville, uh, with a Bachelor of Science in Equine Business Administration with a minor in management. That's no small feat, Dustin, uh, because now you're, you're so well-rounded, and I, I got a feeling that that just helps you uh, associate yourself uh, particularly the management part, uh, w- with a, a uh, operation the size and the importance of, of Windstars. That, that that could not have hurt. But what was the door that opened for you to get you onto Windstars, their trainer? Well, there's there's a long road that led me to, uh, to Windstar. Um, and a lot of that went through Tommy Jury. Um, after I left Tommy, I went to work. I, I felt myself personally and professionally that I was a fairly good horseman, a steered horseman. I could get a horse fit. I could get a horse ready for the races. But what I lacked as a horseman was the ability to to see a problem and be able to fix a problem. Um, so after I left Tommy, I, I went to work for a vet, Dr. Steve Alday. I, I sure. worked for him for, for right about a year. And with the working for Steve all day, I was able to go to one star. I developed a relationship with the trainer at the time, then Richard Budge. And just, it kind of grew from there. Um, I, I was able to go there weekly while I was working with Dr. All day and, and see the operation, you know, get to know Richard Budge, the trainer and, kind of developed that way. And then when I left Dr. Alden, um, Mr. Budge was one of the first people I reached out to as an operation um, to to go to work for um, because at the time I had kind of changed my focus from wanting to be, you know, a, a racetrack trainer to possibly being centralized in one location and be able to to you know, be in, in a central locale year round, and that was because uh, primarily because my my now wife, she had been offered a job as the broodmare assistant manager at Windstar, so that was kind of my focus. Is well, I wanted to be around, I wanted to be a family man, and I wanted to to be able to you know be be in Lexington year round and and be a family man and be there with my wife. And so that was my first, you know, reach out and my first contact. And I, I called Richard on the, I remember this very clearly. I called him on the 8th of October. I met with him on the 9th of October and started working at Winstar Farm on the 10th of October, six years ago. Wow. What a turnaround. That is fantastic. Well, what's it like? I, I don't know what the chain of command is there, but you're, you're kind of working for a guy who was a very uh, successful former trainer uh, in Elliot Walden. Uh, <clears throat> d- does Elliot stop by and check with you? I don't know if he gives you any hints or whatever, or hopefully gives you some attaboys because the pictorial that I saw that's online of the blood horse, you're one hard working son of a gun. So d- do you interact with Elliot? Well, I, I interact with Elliot daily. Um, and, and I lean on him a lot. I mean, he's, he's a classic winning trainer. 
and I'm a you know mid thirties up and coming trainer. So I he's seen a lot of things, and he's seen a lot of things that I haven't. So when I have a problem, he's right there on the farm. I I reach out to him. I say, hey, you know, come look at this one, watch this one train, see what you think. And he's you know he's a step away, and he says, all right. I'll come from the office. I'll be there in two minutes. We'll watch them go together. And, you know, together, I think, with, between him and David Hanley, who's another successful trainer, he's, he's been very well, you know, he, he's been very well-rounded to, to accept what I think, my opinion. But at the same time, I mean, I, I respect those guys. They've been there. They've done that. They've, they've won the classic races. And, and they know what it takes. And, you know, so I rely on them almost as much as they rely on me. Well, uh, again, I, I want to, you know, it's one thing to hear somebody uh, on, on the, the radio, um, but it, it's another thing to, to see them uh, do their job. And Ann Everhart Kehoe uh, just did an outstanding job you know always oh, so what really shook me up I, I know that i saw your name in their magazine constellation but um all of a sudden it's like hey that's destined on the cover of the blood horse and it's like it's a very uh, very nice shot but uh ann did an outstanding job she's down there at 405 when you arrive at the training barn and uh, for, so i guess one thing is and then it shows you how you chart everything out and and this is where i think your equine management skills uh came in and uh you know that uh, you're so hands-on, and you're you're as hands-on with the thoroughbred you work with as uh, the attention you give your pony. Because I, I guess that that's your main connection to work is <laughs> if he doesn't work, you don't work. You know, and uh, it was just so neat seeing you uh, pay as much uh, a- attention uh, uh, to uh, like stumbles one of your two-track ponies because obviously with all those horses in training but what people got to see is most of these photos were taken before the sun came up um so i i, I really if people want to see what destin does i'm not shilling i don't get paid by the blood horse but i i, I do respect uh, ann's photographic work but it, it's just really neat she's there way way before she was there at 405 when you showed up and then she kind of you can start seeing the pictures get a little bit lighter a little bit lighter and then it's obvious that, you, that you've been working for hours for that day and uh i mean how do you keep it up destin it's uh it's fairly easy to to keep it up um you know, I get up every morning, even right now, kind of winter training hours at 3.30 in the morning. Um, and I'm, I'm at the barn shortly after four every day, six days a week. Um, but it's when you're going to a barn full of horses that are the who's who of horses, it makes it easy to do. Um, you know, and, and it's a, a tribute to our facilities. It's a tribute to our team that's there, and it's a tribute to the success that we've had throughout the years. And, and, and when I say that, I mean, before I was a part of Windstorm, before I was the assistant at Windstar, or before I was the trainer at Windstar, it was an establishment before I was there, and I've just been able to carry the torch 
you know, for the last several years. Um, but personally, it, it's when, when you're walking down the shed row and you're going through and you're seeing horses like Omaha Beach, Monomore Girl, Midnight Bisu, Forever Unbridled, Songbird, Always Dreaming, and have, you know, the two-year-old horses in your barn, the caliber of Justify, it makes it fairly easy to get up at 3.30 in the morning and be at the barn shortly after 4 and go down the shed row and check legs and check in with grooms, check in with your foreman. It's it's not really a job. It's kind of like, hey, I want to see what's going on today and see what's happening. It's, it's more pleasure than it is work, to be honest. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> that's like having a job in a living hall of fame. Um, well, what, what's it like to get your hands on the horses you, you just named and and know when you see their success at the track that you had a, a major hand in that? You know, uh, when take, take Monomoy Girl, for example, I had her after she was great. Uh, on a couple occasions. So it's, it's, I don't really take a lot of gratitude in the success or the greatness that she has, but the fact that we were able to get her back at a top class, that's a, that's a, a big gratitude for us and our team. Um, you know, she was, she was a champion before we ever saw her in our barn, but it was, it was, great to see her come back 18 months later and win at a greatest stakes level and be a top contender for the British Cup Distaff. Um, you know, when when Justify was there, the whole barn was electric, um, running through the Triple Crown. That was an excitement. Forever unbridled when she was there, going towards the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Everybody remembered her as being the difficult three-year-old uh, and how we had to work through those difficulties. And then then Songbird, you know, I, I remember very clearly getting a phone call the Monday after the Breeders' Cup in 2015 to say, hey, can you go help pick up this horse over at Keeneland that just won the Breeders' Cup? And I didn't ask any <laughs> questions, and it was Songbird. I was like, oh, man. So then she came to us as a two-year-old after the Breeders' Cup and, you know, obviously soon to be crown champion. And then she came to us after the Breeders' Cup as a three-year-old. And, you know, it, it just adds a little bit of pressure and it adds a little bit of prestige. And then she came to us right before she was retired. It's, it's a fantastic list of horses to go down and think about, but at the same time, it's a tribute not only to myself, but the the team that we have developed and the trust that we've developed with everybody that, you know, Winstar can can care for those top caliber athletes. And then, you know, speaking of today, it, it comes to, to being entrusted with the care of Midnight Bisou before she goes to the facing Tipton Night of the Stars sale. 
Well, Destin, let me tell you, the names that you're throwing at me are just uh, super horses. Uh, but uh, I, I'm being told that uh, I got to close the show out. Destin, it has been a fantastic time uh, watching your career grow and talking with you and learning about you. And by the way, before we get off the air, a tip of the cap. It looks like that you've had a beautiful baby in the last year. I I appreciate that. He's uh He's been a true blessing, and uh, you know, I if I wasn't in such a, a wonderful position that I am now, I, he probably wouldn't have been a conversation. But I, I certainly don't regret any moment of it, and he's he's been fantastic to have in addition to the family. All right, Destin Heath, it has been fantastic. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I think I'll be getting back to you in the future. I want to thank Tom Law for updating us uh, on the, the New York program and the New York races. And I want to thank our producer, Josh Bygosh. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Keep doing it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.